Welcome to Thought So welcome to another episode of Thought Hack. I'm sitting here with my guy, Anthony Frazier. What's up, man? I'm up here funneling around with all your high-tech gear. I'm like, there's a headphones, got all kinds of features on it, man. All kinds of We're everything, f- man. Shout out to Blue Microphone, who is um, our main sponsor. They've been really instrumental in in developing the, the podcast. Dude, I should have tried out a lot of this hardware before even coming <laughs> up here. These headphones tight. I feel like they weighted blankets. Like they can reduce anxiety, bro. Yeah, they're like Megatron (laughs) headphones. You ever see uh, uh, Transformers? They they kind of move. They they look great. Yeah. So um, off off uh, camera, off off the mic, we were talking about what made me come up with the the thought hack title. So Mm -hmm. I was talking to our our mutual friend uh, Tassine Peterson. And we we would just have these really, as he would call it, like high level conversations, right? Mm-hmm. And through the course of those conversations, just being open to new information, I just started discovering things and tweaking the way I did things. And I was just like, what if there were a podcast where I could just make the podcast about breaking down and reverse engineering how somebody thinks so I could like pick out what I like and apply it to my own thinking. So it's it's just like a, a deconstructed like So that means you gotta ask the right questions. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't ask the right questions, yeah. you don't get the answers you mm-hmm. want. <laughs> That's for anything in life though. You know what I mean? You go to Google, you're looking for a certain thing on Google. Google has everything. But most people say, oh, I did all the searching. I, I could never find it. But did you type the right thing in the yeah. <laughs> search engine? You know what I mean? And so sometimes that's how information works in the world. It ain't about access to information. It's do you know how to ask the right question? Okay. So that being said, what, what do you feel like are the, are the right questions? If you were, if you were, say, talking to, I guess, if you had, 10 minutes or matter of fact, I'll, I'll, I'll make it small. If you had 60 seconds with like someone like Diddy, like mm. what, what questions are you asking? Shit. Um, I would ask him like, you know, what's the best way to make relationships? You know, like something around that, you know, just something around, you know, because that's invaluable. A lot of people look for ways to make money, but if you know how to make relationships, then you know how to make money. Yeah, and, and that that could be more that could be more valuable. I I could probably get more runway. Way, way more social cat. Like honestly, I could run out of money because I have good the right relationships. I I don't run out of opportunity. So I think those are two different things. You know, you'll always have the opportunity to make more money if you have the right relationships. But if you just all about the money, when the money run out and you ain't got no relationships, the opportunity is a lot harder to come by. So, so people are, are a more valuable resource to you than, than money. Yeah. Cause people lease the money. Everything in my life has always been about having the right relationships. I knew the right people, put me in the right position, got the right opportunity. All right. So recently, what would you say is a opportunity born of a connection you have to someone? Um, recently, 
Mm, uh, let me think. Let me think. It's so many. I'm trying to think which ones I could put publicly out there. Um, I would say, honestly, I would even talk about the last podcast we did. You know, the last podcast I did, um, which is uh, Prudential with the Leaders Create Leaders, yeah. um, we ended up doing a Prudential deal. Um, but that only came because I had a relationship with the guy who was in charge of that deal long before it even happened. You know, so I was talking with that guy about sports, about uh, cars, about clothes, about all these different things. And then when the opportunity came, I'm the first person he thought of. You know what I mean? And so that's an investment that a lot of people aren't patient enough to make um, because it takes time. And honestly, you can't bank on it. There's somebody, that's why they always said, don't be an asshole, because you never know who you're talking to. Yeah. You could be talking to somebody who may end up being, um, you know, the CEO of X, XYZ Corporation, which can give you a check for XYZ amount. You know what I'm saying? And so just don't be an asshole. Move smart. Do your, you know, make sure you just, you know, be cool and, and make the right relationships. Build with people. Provide value. Those are the best ways to do it. And like we're we're talking about because I I feel like I'm I'm pretty good at at networking, but mm-hmm. like it could always get sharper, right? Mm-hmm. One of the things I do is I well I keep it organic. I I try my best to go into a relationship just like I I want to like you and I want to just genuinely have a relationship because I feel like if I go in like what can this person provide me, then I'm too focused on some type of end game and then it doesn't feel genuine anymore you know what i mean mm. whereas i um i know pr people who every year like i have their their birthdays in my phone i'll just i'll shoot out emails like hey how you doing or like mm. it's not just about making the contact it's maintaining mm. it over time which i think is what you were alluding to with the guy yeah yeah to me is that that what you're describing is transactional relationships you're not transactional meaning mm. like if I can't get nothing out of it, then it's a waste of my time or it's, it's not worth it or whatever, whatever. Yeah, you can't really operate on transactional relationships because there's a lot of people I talk to who probably wouldn't be deemed worth my time. But you don't know their cousin. Yeah. You don't know their aunt. You don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't know who knows who. Like, just don't be an asshole. That's it. it like, I- if you follow that simple rule of life. You open so many doors without even realizing it, you know? There are so many people I know who have relationships or they have like they have opportunities that um one of my one of my um one of my favorite parts in um Rich Dad Poor Dad was training your mind to see opportunities because there are people who might have connections that they just don't understand. Mm. have value there mm-hmm. it's like yeah i know so-and-so but he's just he's just a guy around the block mm-hmm. or you you never really put the time in to even really either figure out what he he does and, and dig deeper yeah. or it's value in every yeah. relationship every relationship has value we just sometimes we just don't have the time to dig deep enough and some value is clear to see on the surface um but every every relationship has some sort of value I agree with that. So we we discussed um, last time I saw you, and I think it was during Annie's event, and you basically you mentioned, um, I guess the, I think the biggest thing you did this year, or like the I forget what the question was. 
Yeah, what was the thing you're most proud of this year? And you mentioned something about getting closer to God. Yeah. If you could ask God one question. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> right? I'm just, I'm just curious because <laughs> I feel like that... I feel like that that gets to the core of what like what drives you, right? Yeah. What what question would you ask? Man, um I the, the the first thing I could think of is how do I become better? That's my only cuz that's what I strive to be. You know what I mean? It's like every day I'm striving to be better in multiple areas of my life. I'm trying to be better health-wise, I'm trying to be better you know, better friend-wise, better, you know, business-wise, better uh, thinking-wise, reading-wise, drinking water-wise. Like, yeah. just, I'm just trying to be better. And so, for me, um, I would just ask, how do I be, you know, better in all of those areas and then better a better servant of God? I would say that, too. You know, like, am I, am I serving humanity the right way? You know, how can I be better at that? How can I be better at Helping people, you know. That's that's big. Like that's that's a really massive aspiration to have. Like helping humanity as a as a whole. I never even really. Yeah, I don't want to sound like Richard Branson, but I'm more so like yeah. <laughs> just like, like I think you complex. help humanity just locally, man. You know, by like there's you know there's a lady you know cleaning who cleans this office every day. You know, and just being nice to that person. You know, there before, you know, there was a person working here who was always nasty to the lady who cleans. And I'm just that's like, not cool. yeah, I'm like, yo, how? Do, why are you doing that? Like, that's not even like, like, get, you got to have like a really rough time at home for you to feel like you need to do something like that to somebody else. So, like, to me, that humanity is just like, you know, I think being it's human. easy to dehumanize people, especially. When you look at them as like X, but you know, my, my parents are immigrants. So mm. it's really, it's really easy for me to see my parents in a cleaning woman or in a janitor mm. or whatever. Not like they, they necessarily did that for a living, but they could have easily. Where are you from? Well, my parents are Haitian. Oh, okay. Yeah. You didn't know that. Oh yeah, my parents are Haitian. It I makes sense now. Now I know your last name. Oh yeah, I never put mm. two and two together. <laughs> yeah, like um, my dad came here when he was nineteen, and it's like the balls to leave your comfort zone mm. because of like the. It's almost like a fairy tale or a very strong rumor that if you yeah. come to this place that everything is better and you're going to a place where you don't really know the language you don't really have that many connections you got family here and there and you're just like nah, i'm gonna figure it out i mean that that's that takes a lot of balls and it yeah. takes a lot of boldness that takes a lot of but you know that's the that's the same thing every human needs if you really want to do anything in life is you got to be able to take that risk and that's a huge risk to go yeah. to a whole nother country you know, I don't really know the full backstory, but yeah. I'm assuming not much, not many assets, not many, not much money, not yeah. much, you know, and just 
being able to make something out of nothing. That's You'd a, be surprised huge. because a lot of um, a lot of immigrants, like when they leave their country. So you'll you'll hear like a, a guy is like um, he's from India and he he had a degree there and he was an engineer. But that degree doesn't necessarily translate or transfer to the States. So now he's like a taxi driver. So people will look at yeah. this guy. There's a guy in my church who was he was a doctor mm-hmm. in Egypt. Now can't even do that here. Like he has to go yeah. through something else. He was a, a full blown doctor in Egypt. Like, yeah. like, and then his identity got completely reduced. Um, you know, not no, of course not reduced as like you know, but just status symbol. Dude. You know, America is all about yeah. status, class. You do know. you tie your your identity to what you do? I think if you're a doctor. <laughs> no, but I mean like you personally. If you're a doctor, I oh, get me? it. Oh, but you personally. Uh, yeah, I'm a storyteller. So what if you couldn't tell stories anymore? In I guess in the if you had to walk away from from the the podcast or the I guess I would still be a storyteller. And stories that that's the reason why I call myself a storyteller because I feel like in life you have you have goals and you have themes mm-hmm. like what's your theme you know what I mean like you got a goal cool my goal yeah build a great podcast company but I'm gonna always be a storyteller whether I'm doing it in a form of a podcast whether I'm on stage speaking whether I'm writing a blog post whether I'm doing a video, whether I'm, so storytelling is going to always be a part of whatever platform that I'm a part of. Uh, like you, you touched on something, especially it's like something in the States, there was like a meme that was like, people will ask you what you do to like determine how much respect to give you. Right? Mm. So the other day, it's a bad strategy. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not smart. <laughs> Because I purposely don't tell people what I do now because it's like a weird question. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah, I don't yeah. I don't like to gauge people by that. And it's it, it doesn't necessarily I could tell you I'm a, a a professional dog walker because it fulfills me at this point, but I could have like I don't know, my company could have got acquired and I'm worth like three hundred million dollars or some shit and I just like walking dogs. I got a whole quote for that. I was like, yo, I said, watch how you treat people you feel watch how people who you treat you that feel like you have nothing to offer them. Yeah. You know what I mean? I always watch closely people who feel like I have nothing to offer them and how they treat me in that moment. I'm not a vindictive person. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't do things for like tit for tat. I don't do that. You know, um, I'm a karmic person. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Meaning like I do believe that the universe will balance out all all imbalances. Through, through you or no, just not through, through me, through life in general. It won't come through me. You know what I mean? Like, I don't fight, I don't fight battles like that. That's out of my hand. You ever seen that meme? It was like, mm. it's in God's hands now or mm. it's above me now. Yeah. It's above me now. So, <laughs> so if you, if you were ever in a position or if you ever felt like someone wronged you in a business situation, it because business happens. and personals. It, it always happens, man. Like, you know, the thing is, I just don't, I don't ever really take it personal. Sometimes I do, but I take it personal for like, maybe like four, four hours. I give, 
Like give it, give it like four or five hours, and then I'm done. I'm like, all right, I'm done. It. I'm out of my feelings now. Personal things or, or or business things, or do they are they like one and the same to you? Some sometimes it could be something business. Um, it always not really business so much. It's more so like if I'm genuine friends with somebody in business, mm-hmm. then then it can feel some type of way. But even you know when we're launching this podcast, you know when we when we're doing the work that we're doing now, there's a lot of people who never return the email, never return the phone call. Never Do you returned. take that personally? No. I I made a realization the other day, right? And I don't know where I absorbed this. And this kind of goes back to the thought hack thing. And some of those, sometimes you can arrive to that conclusion just having a conversation with yourself. And I thought about when I first started my business, I reached out to people and there were opportunities that I was trying to get that I got turned down for that I felt a way about. Mm. But now in hindsight, I'm kind of like, maybe it's better that I didn't get it because I wasn't, I wasn't ready for that. Man, I got a quote for that too, man. <laughs> I got a quote for Was everything. I just put this one out like a few weeks ago and yeah. I was like, you know, ego is when you're crying over a closed door that had nothing behind it. Yeah. That's your ego. Ooh. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's your ego. You know, you felt like there was an opportunity. What's meant for you is meant for you. If that door didn't open, it wasn't meant for you. So the the thinking that I have currently of bend the universe to your will is is not how you think. Bend the universe to your will because I'm feel like I feel like you can influence things to happen, mm-hmm. but to be honest, you know we bend the universe to our will all the time, mm-hmm. you know. But but that doesn't necessarily. But but here's the thing. When that door, when that opportunity didn't open for you and you're, and you thinking you're bending it, the universe to your will, maybe you still are. Maybe that okay. wasn't your opportunity. You know, yeah. sometimes God looks out for you and say, yo, you think this is the door for you. You think I see you got to this part and this is for you, but let me push this out your way and get you what you really want, what you really need, or what you really deserve. So and while you're busy kicking this door down, the one that you're supposed to walk through is already unlocked, or something like that. I've yeah. I've never processed stuff like that before. I mean, you know, I I just got into that mind state. To be honest with you, to me, it's just all about you know, just really just believing that you got to have a, a mind state of abundance. Mm-hmm. Like I think if you got a mind state of lack, then you're gonna always feel like somebody is going to take something. Nobody can take nothing from you. If no. you got a mind state of abundance, there's so much abundance out here. There's so much opportunity for everybody out here. Nobody yeah. can ever take what's meant for me. God, That's God-given. Nobody can take what God's but given. But it's not as much as lack, because I do have a, a mentality of abundance, but maybe I process it different because I'm thinking there's there's abundance, but I have to go get it. Where it's not like it's abundance where I could just kind of pick it up off the floor in front mm-hmm. of me. It's like I have to go. Yeah. Well, ambition is I, everything. I'm not yeah. saying I have a lack of ambition. Yeah. Like yeah. we all got ambition. Cause we some people are going to hear it and be like, listen here. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, but I, I feel like we all go after what we want. But what I'm saying is that because you know, some people use it as an excuse, like, uh, that wasn't meant for me where it's just like, well, you didn't put enough pressure. Yeah. No, nah, I don't use that excuse. Yeah. Like, I really, I really do believe in us going after what we need to go after. Mm-hmm. But if you pushing so hard and something doesn't bend or break, then maybe that's not for you. 
You know what I'm saying? And so, so sometimes just you need a better strategy, or maybe sometimes I tell I tell myself maybe it's not the door, maybe it's the window. You got to find your way around a certain situation. I like I like being creative. I like finding other ways to get get stuff done. Like I like finding creative ways to get it done, no matter what. If you don't support me, cool. Like I'm gonna find this other way. I'm mm-hmm. gonna I'm gonna make it happen. And I think that's what surprises people the most about me, um, in general, is because. They don't know why or how I make it happen. They probably surprised I'm still kicking. Yeah. You know what I mean? They probably surprised we I'm still in the game. Is is there a degree of I'm I'm not gonna lie, like early on in my career, one of like the biggest motivating factors for me was kind of like almost like spite, like like fuck you, I'm approved. Sometimes we need that, man. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like I like that. I like that attitude. Um, I think you should keep that attitude. I think you should just say, fuck you, I'm approved. It's not necessarily to anybody else but yourself now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I'm approved it to myself. I How do you maintain do that? Huh? Because, like, what are your thoughts on motivation and, and ambition since we just touched on that? Like, where do you, where do you go inside yourself when you don't feel like doing it today man you got to think about you got to think about purpose and and long-term vision you got to think about what you want out of life you got to think about that's the reason why having a purpose is so important because your purpose is what's going to fuel you long after the goal the, the energy for the goal runs out and you're like oh man i ran out of energy but yo my mom's still working that's a good one you know that's my mom's still working. So I can't retire my mother yet. Maybe mm-hmm. I need to maybe I need to keep going a little. Okay. Maybe I need to work a, just one more hour. Well, just 30 more minutes. I would I I used to shame myself because like I remember because my dad would tell me stories about when he came to the states and like how he had to like bust his ass. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, know yeah. what I mean? For like a, a fraction of what we take for granted yeah. now, and I would just be ashamed that I'm like, you're you're bitching about you know. Sometimes it take that man. Yeah. Sometimes we got to go in like that man. To be honest, like I'm not. I don't. I, I think like it's good. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's like, you know how they say too much of a good thing is bad. I feel like you yeah. need it, but don't don't need it so much that it starts to put you in. It starts to depress you. You know what I mean? I'm there. I'm kind of there. Not that yeah. I'm depressed, but my mind is kind of fucked up. And like, hopefully, and this is another reason that like maybe I could start incorporating stuff. And I'll talk. I'll I'll touch on the to scene thing in a second. But I I spend so much time juggling things, and I spend so much time like focused on work that if there's a day that I don't necessarily have to do much, I still wake up like in this panic and mm. when i'm doing something i'm like never in the moment because i'm thinking about the next moment or tomorrow or the next thing i gotta do you ever deal with that i used to i used to like i feel bad because there'll be like a moment where moment, i'm playing with my kid but i'm thinking yeah. about like some you know what? i'm not gonna say i used to i get my spurts yeah i get my spurts where you know, I'm a little, a little all over the place and stuff like that. But I started meditation. I started meditating. And the practice of meditation is really all about controlling what you just talked about. 
like controlling being in the moment, controlling focusing on this particular moment that we in right now. You know, I'll be honest, if this was this time last year, I, my mind would probably be in six different places right now. Oh man, what what time am I going to leave here? When what time does the train leave? How late am I going to be here? You know, da 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 da. And those are things I got I got a chance to discuss a few things with my producer before we jumped on. And then now that I've discussed that, it's out of my mind. Mm-hmm. And now I can just focus on this, this right here. That how, much, how much of that is meditation and how much of that is just being able to depend on the people around you? It's meditation. Because it doesn't really necessarily matter sometimes about him. I would have still thought to myself. I still would have took time to myself and thought, okay, I'm allocating this much time to this. Cool. I organized my night for the, I already organized my night. When I jump, when I jump on here, I'm fully focused. I'm fully in the moment right now. You know? And that's hard to do. A lot of people say it's easy, but it's really hard to do to stay in the moment, but it takes a lot of practice. That's why they tell you, oh, only focus on the breath when you're meditating and stuff like that, because it's really just your mind is in a gym. Your mind is doing curls right now. Because every time your thought goes somewhere else, you bring it right back to your, to your breath. And so what that does is it translates into real life. And now when you focus on the goal or you focus on the task, you could think about it. You could be right in the moment and not necessarily all over the place. And that works for your focus. It works for when you work in. It works for you even when you're thinking of great ideas. Sometimes you got so much garbage in your mind that there's so much things around your mind that it could, it could become rubber Making to like good ideas. Filter or something. Yeah. Good ideas are coming and, and go without you really taking advantage of how do you How do you figure out which is what, what to keep and what to talk or um, what to filter out? That part I haven't figured out. What to keep as far as good ideas? It just, just yeah, in, in general. general. Yeah. Oh, I mean, if it's a negative thought or something, even positive thoughts, I got to be honest. Sometimes you could be thinking about something that it's like, Everything has this moment. You just need to be in the moment. You can't be overexcited and you can't be underwhelmed. Like, I'm glad you touched on that. But go go ahead. There's something I want to but yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So like sometimes, you know, having a good thought, you know, a good thought could be bad if it's in the wrong moment. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I can't be in like right now, me and you talking, and I can't be thinking about, you know, maybe some time I'm gonna have with my lady friend later on or yeah. whatever, like, yo, what? I'm well, not I didn't know moment. you were going to go there. <laughs> but, but I'm giving an example yeah, because it, that's a good thought. Yeah. That's a good thought yeah. to a lot of dudes. Yeah. It's like, all right, cool. Like, I'm thinking of some good thought, but yeah. it's in the wrong moment. Yeah. So a positive thought is still, is not a positive thought if it's happening at the wrong moment. You need control over what you're thinking about. So, okay. So the, we've. We've gotten to a place, I guess, thanks to the internet where this whole, we have this whole positivity movement where I, I feel like sometimes it's like, it's, it's like it's false a little positivity. Fake. It's a little, yeah. it's a little trendy. Like a lot of people, they wait till 11, 11 on the clock to tweet to make it seem like it's intuitive. Yeah. But I, I, yeah, it's corny. Yeah, it's corny. Um, but I mean, positivity in, in the point of, uh, the internet allowed you to somewhat filter and create like a, a bubble for yourself. So you're like, anything that I deem negative or anything that makes me feel uncomfortable, I'm going to block out. Mm. And sometimes that it could be actual negative stuff. I could, man, I could follow someone. You know, you know what's so crazy, man? I was yeah. just at a uh, talk last night by Alex Wolf. Shout out to Alex Wolf. Yeah. Um, I'm, I, 
like I'm a I'm a fan yeah. of her. I haven't met her yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's a good friend of mine, man. She talked about this last night. Actually. Really? She did a lecture. And the rise of depression and the rise of suicide actually coincides with the rise of social media. So the fact that people are thinking like, oh, I need to be all negative and I need to be all positive and not keep get the negative stuff out, da, 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 that's a result of social media. They're not saying yeah. that because most people are antisocial. We're not in high school no more. How many yeah. people you really interface with on an everyday basis? Not a lot. And so sometimes people just, they, they talk about getting negative energies. You mean getting negative posts out your life? <laughs> but, but then I, I, I think people deem negativity in different ways. So okay. I, I had a conversation with someone that I currently don't, no longer speak to, but we, we, we have this person mutually. We, we both know her. And the conversation was basically about, her unfollowing people that made her feel uncomfortable. Now I asked her why they made her feel uncomfortable and she basically was like well, it it makes me feel like I'm not doing enough. So I was like, well, they're not they're not posting anything negative. It's just the way you feel about Insecurity. you. So it's a personal problem. You'd rather than address your mm -hmm. own insecurities, you'd yeah. rather curate you the content around you to reflect yeah, what that's not healing. With. Yeah, that's not healing. That's doing more damage. So you you're you're trying to make you yourself. You can better. curate your feed, but you can't yeah. curate your life. Exactly. <laughs> so you people who are doing certain things or living in their truth or or chasing their dreams make you feel uncomfortable because there's a part of you that feels like you're not doing enough. Yeah. But rather than address that in you or be inspired by these people, because I when I see you do something dope, I'm not like. Oh man, like it, it doesn't make me feel bad. If anything, you possibly getting a Peabody is we're both in the same industry. If you got it, that that makes it viable or anybody that yeah. I mean honestly, everybody's energy feeds off another. The only reason why I thought it was possible because I seen somebody else do it. Exactly. So, you know, that's the way I, you know, if, if that's the way you feel when you see stuff that I do, great. Because that's what I got it from. Mm -hmm. So who am I to say, oh, you shouldn't do that or you shouldn't feel inspired by something I do when I'm pulling inspiration from people all day? I see people doing a million things and I'm like, mm, I know how to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, me and Joe, we'd be in the room. Joe, my producer, he over here with me now. Yeah. We always talking about, man, we looking at other people and how they moving and looking at stuff that they're doing. We like, damn, man, we got to get out. We got to do that. Yeah, we got like, hustle. We, get, we, gotta we push. getting inspired. Yeah. Like we looking at people's moves. One of my favorite quotes that I coined is don't reinvent the wheel, put rims on it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Which is, you know, putting your own spin on it, you know, putting your own taste to it. It's not copying. It's innovating. That's what innovation is all about. Innovation is about bringing your spin to whatever it is that you saw out in the world already. You know, and we, and, and, and if somebody gotten, somebody I seen gotten an innovation, somebody want to out innovate each other? Hell yeah. Let's out innovate each other. Because to me, everybody benefits from that. When you look at Netflix and you look at Hulu and you look at, um, all the competing streaming services, right? If they go to war, it's too, it's too, it's too who much. Who wins of the, if they go the to consumer, war? The consumer, definitely. The consumer go, but, but, but what happens in, as a result of that, they get better and better themselves. They spending better. They know what to do. They looking at their numbers. Like they improving processes because now they on their toes. They like, yo, like, so it's not necessarily a war with the person that you're inspired by, but I'm just giving an example about how you can look no, at I somebody. I mean, there, there have been days where you've like 
not just you, but different like people I know, friends of mine have gotten me out of bed where I'm like, uh, like, you know, I'm moving a little bit slower than I usually do. And I jump on IG or something and you just drop something or you announce something. I'm like, fuck, let me let me move. And then that's that's good to me because it lets me know I'm in good company. If the people around me are doing dope shit, then I'm like, all right, I'm in the I'm in a good circle. Like this is I. Yeah, that's a good signal. That's a good signal to have. I think, you know, keeping that signal. And then also, like, you know, one thing I discovered is it's so interesting because it seems anti to what we're talking about. But a lot of people don't know what the hell they're doing. And that's a good yeah. thing. Yeah. A lot of people don't know what they're doing. Like, so sometimes we, we look at people and they look like giants. They look like superheroes. Magnes- Ma- Ma- what's that? Magnetos and yeah. shit like that because we see something we like damn I want to do that damn I want and then when you go and you find out it's like the Wizard of Oz and you look behind the curtain and it ain't no it ain't yeah. really look it don't look exactly the way you thought yeah. it looked and um you know and so like to me I think that that I, I say that for anybody that's listening use that as inspiration meaning like yo like they're they're still trying to figure it out just as much as you are you know, like they still trying to get this, this game right this, the same way. So. This false positive, positive thing I feel like is, is negative. And I'll, 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 I'll frame it like this. So if I tell you something that I guess is unflattering, but I'm doing it for the right reasons, even though the news is negative, I could say something like, Ant, like, you know, the way you handled that situation wasn't great, bro. Like maybe I pull you aside and like, you know, a person could look at that and say, hey, man, like, I really don't need that negativity in my life right now. Oh, or, that's a little different. Yeah, but no, but, but <laughs> that's, that's little, what people frame as negativity. Uh, if, I'm not, if I'm not telling you what you want to hear or something that makes you feel good, I'm being negative. You're being constructive. So I got to, I, man, I hate to keep plugging. I got a whole chapter on this in my book called. Um, not the, plug it. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, I got a book called, the, you know, Don't Dumb Down Your Greatness. And, mm-hmm. I, and I feel like, you know. I got a whole chapter on how to tell the difference between hate and criticism. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So like criticism and hate, there's clear differences, you know? Does it encourage you? Is this person, you know, somebody you know, is they is they giving good feedback on how to improve? You know, there's there's a there's ways to really decipher the hate and the criticism. And then sometimes some people give they could they be concern trolls. You ever heard of a concern troll? No, like break. It's somebody down. who um they really not really trying to look out for your best interest, but it always comes in a form of some kind of concern. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, so okay, co- I get you. I'm concerned about the way you did it. Some people yeah. do that, but you know what? I say learn how to separate the advice from the, the from the trolling or the, yeah. or the hate or whatever like that. Because there might be a little bit of truth in that. Mm-hmm. It might be a little truth for you to be like, yo, this person right, but I still don't rock with them. But yeah. you know, they a little right. You yeah. know, you I ain't gonna tell them right. Yeah. I ain't gonna give them the satisfaction, but I'm gonna still go home and work on that. But at the same time, fuck them. Don't <laughs> don't toss it. Don't yeah, toss it yeah. because it of who is coming Pick from. Pick it apart. Yeah. Pick it apart. No, know, know that you you could you could peep game and say, Yeah, I know this person hating on me, but no. I looked at it a little bit and you know, maybe I do need to improve on that. Or get a second opinion if you really Really, yeah. you know, just be like, yo, you. did you feel like that? And then you could be like, yo, you know what? Maybe that person was just hating. If it, you know, if it like, bugs me at all, I feel like there's a reason why it bugs me. So there might be some truth to it. So maybe I have to examine it more. Yeah, but if it's yeah. something that I'm immediately like, that, that, like, that doesn't even make sense. I even, I, I do these self audits where every once in a while I really like check myself, but sometimes it's just bullshit. 
Yeah. Sometimes like the I've I didn't know that was the term concern troll, but I've I've gotten that before, and Man, I'm like, yeah, you don't. You know, really one get of it. the biggest things that I used to work on, and I still kind of consistently work on, is learning how to take that kind of criticism from people you love and people that love you. Mm-hmm. You know, because, is it easier to get from people you don't like? Well, no, because what I'm what I'm saying is, you know, for me personally, and this mm-hmm. is just a personal thing. For me personally, I never got that kind of endearment from people that love me. You know, I was I grew up being teased. You know what I'm saying? I grew up being hyped on and, and, and really so that developed a kind of self-consciousness in my that I grew up with that's always kind of always a little bit lurking in the back of my head. Even though I think I got rid of it, it can still, uh, you know, rear its ugly head sometimes. So even from, even when I get certain criticism from people who, who I know love me, I still look, I still be side-eyeing a little bit sometimes. Mm-hmm. And that's something I need to work on. Does does that separating it from the advice or the whatever does like any type of i guess childhood trauma which is what i guess you were just referring to does that affect anything now for you in a a business standpoint it used to it used to i got that's that's what the whole book is about actually don't dumb down your greatness in stores now you know wherever the camera is in stores you know uh amazon walmart.com amazon.com so that whole book is about that. It's about how, you know, I might have killed opportunities because of my own insecurities, you know, for myself early on, you know, and, um, and really fighting that, you know, cause I feel like young black entrepreneurs, they're going to face this because they, you know, especially, if, you know, we, you know, they become a little bit more successful. They're going to start ended up in rooms that don't look like them and, and things of that nature. So I think they need to, you know, somebody needs to, you know, bring them to the side and, and check them a little bit. And I think that's what that book was. Yeah, I'm gonna, I actually didn't get a chance to read the book. I, I low-key, somewhere in my mind, I was just like, okay, I want him to do an audio book so I could just listen to it. Because I haven't actually oh, yeah, sat audio book coming. Read a, actually, right, I'm so glad right, you said that. But, Shameless plug number five. <laughs> audio book is coming, you know, and like... I'm surprised like it didn't two, come sooner. We talked about that like a year ago. I know. I finally yeah. got it made. It's, I submitted it to Audible actually, funny enough, yesterday. It That's got a submitted nice plug. Yesterday. All right. Congratulations, bro. I didn't do the audio, though. Don't be mad. You didn't read it? No, nah, I didn't do it. Oh, that's why. I hired a, I hired a, um, a black Oh, we sedated now. Producer, a producer who's really good. Uh, I'm hiring black, though. I'm buying <laughs> black. Right. You know, I'm supporting black business. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm low-key disappointed you didn't read it yourself, though. <laughs> It was hard. There, there are nuances in in the voice that it's like I like audiobooks that's like read by the. You won't be disappointed. All right, you won't I, I know I won't. I know I won't. I know you make a, a quality <laughs> product. Um, so uh, before we jumped in the conversation initially, we're talking about CES and yeah, yeah, whether yeah, or not yeah. you're coming. Yada yada. We'll figure that out off camera. So I was telling you about the white label stuff, mm-hmm. and I know you make your content, and you you had multiculturalism in mind and telling stories of initially i'm I'm not saying that's your focus but Mm -hmm. this was this was the initial thing i remember we had a conversation Mm -hmm. about it so i think the dope thing about things like uh ces and globalization it it enables you to it's almost like that uh terrorist company um uh apps without code where it it creates, uh, it lowers the, um, the barrier. The, the barrier of entry for, for people coming in. So mm. when you go to this tent 
everything's white labeled. So televisions, fridges, like you could own a refrigerator company if you want. Yeah. You could own a, any, basically any electronic, um, like, uh, they have devices similar to Kira. Basically, yeah. like it, it just, it's just down to your hustle. You can, you can go out and with like $20,000. Yeah. Start something. That's dope, actually. I like the, I like the idea of that. That's interesting. So then it, it just kind of comes down to your branding acumen. And I think at some point, the tech and the hardware is pretty much like, the same across the board. Um, that's you buying your ticket. Nah, man, I'm about to stream live, man. Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't gonna save it. Here. But um, <laughs> the 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 dope thing. I I don't know. You could throw it there somewhere. Nah, no, we good. Yeah. <laughs> so the the dope thing about that is, um, especially being inspired by the the whole Raytronics deal and and similar things like that. Yeah. People who felt like I'm not entrepreneurial because I'm not going to invent something or I'm not, I don't have anything to offer in terms of like, you know, coding or like I don't have the background in in tech or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Can, could still start a tech company. And I think, and this is like the biggest argument for diversity in anything is points of view matter. Mm. I'm going to address issues that no one else would think to address because of my background and where I come from and so on and so forth. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on opportunities right now that excite you, not just for you, but for like, you know, people in general? I mean, the biggest opportunity I see right now um, is I feel like that that excites me um, is e-commerce, you know? I feel like for other people, yeah. you know, I feel like definitely creating your own media company, doing podcasts and things of that nature. Great. But I feel like people of color, you know, have small businesses that could be very, very profitable if they just knew how to sell online. And I think the best thing that can happen right now is Shopify running accelerators in communities like this. Are they doing that? No. You should pitch that to somebody. Yeah, somebody came in here the other day pitching it to me. <clears throat> well, I pitched that to them in the middle of the meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, yo, y- y- reach out to Shopify. See if they'll run an accelerator here in the hood. Gee, I'm going to. Is it someone doing that? I, I might jump they on They want to do That's... that. I can introduce you. If you want to team yeah. up with her to do it, I think you should. I think that would be dope. Yeah. Because she has a lot of resources already that can get it off the ground. You know, so. To me, that's the biggest thing. Getting people in the barrier to entry is low. You know, my thing is Jet.com just sold um, to Walmart for like a billion dollars, not like like two years ago, a year ago. Yeah, yeah. That's it's, it's like maybe three years ago. An e-commerce site. Yeah. But yeah, it was tech business. It was tech news. It was on on every tech site. You know, Walmart buying Jet.com, right? Billion dollar acquisition. The founder of that company is now a billionaire. He chilling somewhere. Yeah. That that same e-commerce opportunity can be afforded to anybody in this neighborhood, no matter what how much they know about tech or coding or whatever. The buried in entry is done. All that is done. So if if there were someone who were who was looking into starting something up, right? Yeah. And you you see the time? I don't know if we I don't want to hold you. I got about like Five minutes. All right, but 
So if if someone was bumping up against this wall and they're like, I want to start something and I want to, mm. how do you how do you get them over that wall? Like what what's advice that you've used in the past to, I guess, sort of make that jump or jump out the window or just go for it? I would say go find a problem to solve. That's it. You know, I wouldn't even tell them, yo, go learn how to code. Like if coding is how you solve the problem, then do that. But go find a big fucking problem to solve and solve it. Make somebody's life easier. You know, make somebody's life more convenient in some way, some shape, some form. And I think you'll win. Do you think you were born an entrepreneur or you became one? I feel like I became one. Uh, so you feel like people are become entrepreneurs, they're not? Yeah, maybe some people were born that way. But I, I me, like me personally, like I can innate. only speak for me. I feel like I became one. You know, I'm a storyteller. Hmm. You know, but storytellers become entrepreneurs. You know, Tyler Perry's an entrepreneur. What do you think about that? He's an entrepreneur, so those are storytellers. What do you think about that that whole studio thing? That's dope, right? That's that's fire. That's inspirational. I'm following that blueprint. I'm being 100% with you. Mm. And what's crazy is, you know, my brother, everybody knows this about me. Like, I follow, I've been talking about this dude's business acumen for a long time. Yeah, way before um, he is known for what he was doing. I saw an article that said, this man was making movies for maybe $2 million, and then they would come out and gross like 30 Yeah. When I saw that, I was like, yo, I want to know what he doing. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I think he was, one, he was, he he saw he already had like something with the plays, and two, I think he was serving an underserved community. Distribution. Distribution is huge. My man knew about distribution and email before anybody. Tyler Perry had an email list. Of a hundred thousand people or more, really? That's how he built his shit. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot the of plays. people don't know that. The plays or the movies? For everything he did, he 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 let them know because he had an email list. That's how he had people showing up to every show. Mm. My man had an email list. I mean, the the margins. <laughs> I mean, you can't argue margins on his movies, and I think he he was able to take like you know actors that weren't very well known he was hiring black and he could basically bring these people in and make a movie on like a shoestring budget and you know his his margins were ridiculous like two million making 30 40 million dollars yeah, crazy is insane but he <clears throat> you need to master distribution i mean that's that's basically what i'm all about mm-hmm. you know a lot of times you know i think we're all about art and any this is for any business not just what i'm doing any business Master your distribution, yeah. That's it. Like Tyler Perry mastered his distribution. And sometimes that doesn't, you can't do it all online. Like he didn't do it online. Like he went to, he did his plays. He did them locally. He, he, he ran something. He, he performed in the Chitlin circuit. That's what they called it. Yeah. In the Chitlin circuit, you know, that's where black. is that? I, I hear that a lot. Like that's like down south, like basically. That's, like a it's up here too. Circuit. Newark yeah. is part of the Chitlin circuit. Where? Yeah. Symphony Hall is part of the Chitlin circuit. Oh man, I didn't know that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. We part of it. That's it's nothing but black venues. It's almost like the I up, hate to make up this and down the East Coast. Huh? Up and down the East Coast. Up and down. It's like black venues, you know, church halls and 
all this different stuff. Like, what is the Chitlin circuit? You know, black, older black women and black churches and stuff like that. You know how to get access to that. That was his distribution. And what happened was once he got them there, he got their email list. Could you imagine? You know, every older black woman, they opening their emails, yo. Yeah. Ain't nobody trying to get them on, you know, you know, we, our inbox is, is our inbox is crazy. Yeah. It's going, it's, it take a lot to get on our inbox, in our inbox. But for them, ain't nobody sending them emails. So when that Tyler Perry email come through, I'm coming to town. Mm-hmm. And this is before, you know, emails really became a big marketing tool. And what's funny, it was always a big marketing tool, but now it's like, Everybody, you know, and their yeah, mama. I think, I think my but, aunt still has like a MSN email or something crazy like that. Hey, look at that. Yeah. That's all that's all on Tyler's list right now. Old Yahoo Hotmail emails, all that, all of that. People still opening them and and saying, Oh, Tyler got a new thing coming out. Oh, I'm going to it. That's a chitless. I think man. and I think one of the things he did that um I need to get better at also, um I'm just looking at examining through our conversation. He didn't abandon the core of what he did when he moved on to another thing. So he could have easily just stopped doing plays and then just focused on movies, but he continued to service his, his core audience while, while juggling the new thing and sort of keeping both going. Yeah. Because I think, you know, that's key too. I think Tyler Perry had an opportunity to do a whole lot of other stuff, but he stuck to his guns and now, you know, He's larger than what he would have ever been if he went that route or did those other things. And so staying true to your brand, staying true to yourself, um, is super key. And, and, you know, and especially developing your brand. Like I think sometimes people, they want to microwave success. Mm. It's a chapter in my book, by the way. <laughs> Shameless plug number 10. They want to microwave success, you know, and they feel like they want, they don't want to start at one. They want to start at 10. Mm. You know, when you building a brand, sometimes you got to start at one. I'm cool with that. I know I got to start at one. That's why, you know, when we look at certain things and we look at certain stats and we look at certain things, I'm cool with where it's at. Because when we come back to it, wait, we see growth. And then we come again, we see growth. Do you- and we see growth. Long as you growing, mm-hmm. that's where it's at. And what do you think about, and this is going, because I know you got to go, so I'll just yeah. ask one more. What do you think about um, paying your dues? And this bring this is brought up because um, I'm a big comedy fan, and you have older community uh, comedy comedians who um, basically have this gripe that they basically came up in the Chitlin Circuit. That's right? that's an awful name for it. Like they they got to call it something else. Yeah, right? Google the Chitlin yeah. Circuit. Yeah, man. That's an awful name. Go look on Wikipedia. You yeah. know, anybody listening, you know, go on Wikipedia, check out the Chitlin Circuit. My thing is, how do we create the Chitlin Circuit for Black creators in 2020? Oh, you just can't. What up does with that a problem. look like? What does that Chitlin Circuit look like? What does that actually distribution had an idea, network look like? I actually had an idea about that that we could talk about, but that's you would need a, a bunch of people, and that's like the iffy thing about. Black creative, we'll just address that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, because a lot of people have tried it though. That's yeah. the thing, you know, and I think we have to keep trying it's like, that's until a, we find out what works. That's a community thing. And I think they were able to build the, the Chitlin circuit through community. Like, you know what I mean? Churches communicating and connecting with other churches, like, you know, concert mm-hmm. halls and so on. Anyway. Yeah. Um, I mean, who said the church was not a, a tap market you can get back into? Whoever said you can't go through ch- church is huge right now. Oh, man. Are you kidding me? Church probably bigger than 
You know, <laughs> like church is probably yeah. bigger than anything right now. Those are those are some of the untapped. Tyler not Tyler not in the United yeah. Game no more. Jordan retired. Yeah. Who gonna take his place? <laughs> <laughs> you gonna take his place? Popping up at church. I feel like that's disingenuous. I'm just popping up in church. Yo, that's like, yo, you man. look. You ever follow that account on Twitter? Which I mean one? on Instagram, Preachers with Sneakers. What? It's a it's an account on Instagram called Preachers with Sneakers. Nah. And it's a whole bunch of preachers wearing like thousand dollar shoes, they gears on point. And it's basically the account is just showing you how how much, much money bread. is in the church? <laughs> These or, church people get. Or, and we're talking about people who even have small or, churches. Like, or how, bread, how efficient these pastors are. They dress are, better than rappers. Or are taking it's, advantage of the church. And, and they, some of these teachers. That's an awesome business model. You're hustling vibes. Like, yo, basically, this is a bottomless. Yo, it's some serious stuff, man. Like You're selling, these, these you're selling good vibes. Money. That's crazy. Money. Any, anyway. Before so. like they boycott me. Um, so <laughs> these comedians had this gripe about the newer comedians not paying their dues because they could just jump on social media and that wasn't a tool they had. Yeah, before. so they're so skipping a line. Do you think that's the thing? Yeah, that's that, that brings me to the question. Do you think skipping the line is a thing? Do you think paying your dues is a thing? And what what is that in your mind? Um. You know, people always see you picking fruit for the tree, but they never see you with the shovel digging it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's always work being put in. Yeah, they might have been online and been on YouTube or got on Instagram, but you don't know that person's life. You don't know what they get, what they did the night before. You don't know what happened to them. You don't know that they just lost their rent. And, you know, you don't know that they, they, they mother just died the other night and you don't know, you know what I'm saying? So like to me, you know, you don't know somebody else's struggle and you should never compare your struggle to somebody else's. The struggle Olympics is like, yeah, I, people I, like, yo, I struggle I more. So yeah. I deserve more success. Yeah. And that's just not, you know, don't, don't compare your struggle, you know, stay in your lane. Do you look that's them people who seeing that they just, they, they just, that's innovation. Mm-hmm. That's innovation. Innovation is about destroying the old process because new processes are built up. So people who complaining about that paid dues and all of that shit, they just mad. Like sour grapes, haters. Yeah. Yeah. They just mad. They just upset. That's a that's that's a terrible note to end on. Yeah. All right. All right so give me uh, start innovating yourself. Yeah. Learn how to take advantage of the All times. Right. Let's you know? let's close with like a, a a awesome piece of advice you'd give an entrepreneur, it, it, whether it's old or new or whatever. Like a awesome something you just absorbed that you felt like changed your perspective. Just an awesome piece of advice. I an awesome piece of advice. Yeah. Oh man. Um. You gotta give me a gem, bro. I gotta give you a gem. Oh man. Um now I can't be corny. Hold up. <laughs> awesome piece of advice. Man, think A to think A to B, not A to Z. Break that down. You know, just everything is a process. And just you know, focus on everything, your next step. you know, and I think we like I said before, we live we want to microwave success so much now. You know, and sometimes I get caught up thinking about Z, you know, thinking a few steps ahead. And I think it's good to look at the future, but you still gotta take those 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 inter those very step by step I forced you know, processes myself to get there. I forced myself to look at B and C. I'm terrified to look at Z because I feel like if I focus too much on the destination, I'm not gonna wanna do it anymore. I'm gonna fall mm. out of love with it. 
because it looks insurmountable. Yeah, and but then, it always looks insurmountable at first because you're not thinking A to B. And I'm getting too, <laughs> and I'm getting too far away from the process. Exactly. And I need to be in the process and not in the destination. Because, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I got this um, drawing by this artist um, from my town. I went to high school with him. His name is Joey Roth, and it's called Grind and Dream. And it's a, it's a, one side has a stairway to the top. It's a pyramid. One side is a stairway to the top. The other side is a slide. But at the top, it says dream. No, mm-hmm. on, the, on the top, on the right side where the slide is, it says dream. On the left side, it says grind. I and it that. steps. Mm-hmm. So on the dream side, how the hell are you going to get there? It's going to mm-hmm. take you building some kind of mechanism, some kind of something. It's going like you can't dream your way to the top, but I can walk those steps. Mm-hmm. Day by day, I can get closer. And so I, I keep that. It's by my desk right now. I keep that um, picture by my desk because I look at it to remind me that I'm just going to have to keep taking the steps. All right. That's and that's a, that's a dope ending. Um, cool. Thanks, everybody, for, for listening. I'd like to thank our sponsors, Catalyst Case, Sendstroke, Wildhorn Outfitters, and, of course, Blue Microphone. This is Reg, and you're listening to Thought Hack.